0: It is quite an exciting time of the year for sports, ladies and gentlemen. Sophomore sensation Lamar Jackson is redefining what it means to be a dual-threat quarterback in the National Football League. Odds on Jackson to win the MVP race were at 50-1 to to begin the season and have plummeted since, especially since Saturday, making my bookies prop selection more attractive than ever. And then we have one of the most stacked UFC cards in a long time, Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Donald Cerrone this Saturday All highly anticipated matchups right in the betting capital of the world in Las Vegas, Nevada. And without a doubt, people are going to be looking to get in on the action, and we have the best place for you to go. My bookie, if you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the players than any other sportsbook around. And if you join right now, right this second, right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit two grand right now, he'll get an extra grand in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that promo code is BLV. L V, capital BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie bet win get paid with that out of the way it's Monday January 13th 2020 it's the day after NFL Sunday divisional round Saturday and Sunday and it's also the day of the college football playoff national championship game between the Tigers Clemson Tigers versus LSU Tigers coach O versus coach Dabo Heisman winner versus long blonde hair, two great quarterbacks, two great offenses. We're going to talk Clemson LSU. We're going to talk AFC and NFC championship game previews while also recapping this weekend's matchup. I mean, what the hell happened to Lamar Jackson's offense, huh? What the hell happened to the Houston Texans? I mean, what happened to their play calling in the second quarter? What happened? Bill O'Brien. We're going to give away a big ticket discount through TickPick as well, so stay tuned for that. All of that and more on episode 140 presented by Belly Up Sports. Remember to use the promo code OSHOW10, that's capital O S H O W 10 for $10 off your next order using tickpick.com as well as the promo code OSHOW20 for $20 off at mechanutritionstore.com. It's time to talk football on this Monday. Let's go. So the national championship game takes place tonight in New Orleans, Louisiana. It's the number one LSU Tigers, 14-0 versus the number three Clemson Tigers, also 14-0. How did these teams get here? Let's take a look. LSU, uh, they ascended to new heights in its third season, of course, with Coach O as full-time head coach, and it took a major shift in offensive philosophy for the Tigers to take off. I mean, all offseason, Coach O talked up his decision to hire New Orleans Saints uh, assistant Joe Brady to the run offense, alongside longtime confidant Steve uh, M. Singer, it, it wasn't just lip service. I mean, LSU went from the 69th best offense in college football in 2018 to the number one offense in 2019. I mean, they earned Brady the the Broyles Award, given to the college football's top assistant. Brady's influence on the team was evident early in the year, but so was the progression of quarterback Joe Burrow. So Burrow transferred to uh, baton rouge from ohio state of course everybody knows that but was average in his first year as the team starter average at best it was pretty clear when joe burrow threw for 471 yards and four touchdown passes in week two over texas that things would be a little bit different this year i remember that game i'm a longhorns fan hook him. they did not hook him that day that was not a good day for texas longhorns fans not a good day for matthew mcconaughey but from there LSU cruised through non-conference play and beat the hell out of four top 10 SEC uh, teams, including the Florida Gators, the Auburn Tigers, Alabama Crimson Tide, as well as Georgia, en route to its first conference title since 2011. That's nine years. The win over Alabama... Uh, ended an eight-game losing streak in the series and launched Burrow to the top of the Heisman conversation. Burrow ends up winning the award in a landslide, becoming the first LSU Heisman winner since Billy Cannon back in 1959. And in the college football playoff semifinal against Oklahoma, Burrow put forth a Heisman-worthy performance, throwing for 493 yards, seven touchdowns, in a 63-28 win. Let me say that again. He threw for 493 yards, Seven touchdown passes in a 63 to 28 win over Oklahoma in the semifinal round. Now the Tigers get to compete for the national title in New, uh, New Orleans for the fourth time uh, they did in 20, uh, 2003, 2007 and 2011 in the last 20 years. And then Clemson, on the other hand, this is how Clemson got here. The Clemson Tigers are returning to the site of their last loss. So Clemson lost 24-6 to to Alabama on January 1st, 2018 in the Sugar Bowl in the college football playoff semifinal as Coach Saban advanced to play and beat Georgia for the national title. That's how Tua came about, and now Tua's leaving for the NFL Clemson's been on a 29-game win streak since then, a streak that's aligned with the arrival of uh, Trevor Lawrence. The sophomore quarterback has thrown over 6,700 yards, 6,700 yards, and 66 touchdowns over those 29 games, and uh, that's not too shabby. Running back Travis Ateen has rushed for over 3,000 yards and has scored 48 touchdowns. I mean, the, the Tigers destroyed Alabama a year ago to cap a 15-0 and season with the national title, most wins in franchise history. They uh, continued that run this season and have outscored opponents by an average score of 45 to 11. There were a couple of close calls, though. Clemson beat North Carolina 21-20 in September and only held on when the Tar Heels went for two in the final seconds and didn't get it. Stupid play call, but what are you going to do? From there, Clemson easily marched through ACC play, capped off by a 62-17 to win over Virginia in the ACC title game. Good feel-good feel good season for Virginia, but they just did not have it in them against the Tigers in that ACC title game. The college football playoff semifinal game against Ohio State, presented much more resistance it was close osu led at halftime it looked like they were going to win before clemson stormed back to win 29 23 and advanced to play lsu after that big win at uh, in glendale arizona so a win on monday night would stretch clemson's win streak to over two calendar years and 30 games and establish the program as the de facto best of the playoff era So what makes LSU's offense so difficult to defend? Because it's going to be an interesting matchup, Clemson's defense going up against Joe Burrow's offense. I mean, Joe Burrow is just one part of what has made the LSU offense so special this season. LSU deploys three NFL-caliber wide receivers on every single play. I mean, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Terrace Marshall – Uh, With 102 catches For 1,434 yards And 18 touchdowns Jefferson was Burrow's Most reliable target Throughout the year I mean uh, Chase is the team's big play threat obviously chase leads the team with uh, almost 1600 yards on 75 catches an average of 21 yards per catch the third option in that trio is the six foot four marshall who went for 43 catches for 625 yards and 12 scores despite missing multiple games due to injury the group is very versatile and possesses the ability to line up both on the outside and in the slot to uh, exploit potential uh, matchup problems but better yet they have a knack for making contested catches from a quarterback with pinpoint accuracy down the field. Combine those three with tight end Thaddeus Moss and running back Clyde Edwards-Helaire, and you've got a mighty, mighty task for the Clemson defense, especially at secondary. And Burrow says that the key to the offense is to force the defense to, and I quote, defend every single person. Because anybody can get the ball on any given play. They're not designing plays to go to this one guy. They have progression reads that everyone could get the ball on, so you have to be on your toes as a defense and really understand who has each individual player. Otherwise, they'll beat you or they'll find a guy. That's what makes it so difficult to defend. And Burrow, that's what he said in a news conference ahead of the game, I mean, you've got to find your guy, and they make it very difficult to do it and change up people's eyes with motions and moving different guys around from the slot to the backfield, to the outside. So they do a really good job of finding matchups that are favorable for them. And, of course, Coach O believes Edwards Hilaire is the key to the offense operating at the highest level. He said he's, he's hard to tackle. He's explosive out of the backfield catching the ball. He's hard to defend. I think that when Clyde is not in there, they're very predictable. Uh, When he's in there, you can't overplay the run. You can't overplay the pass. You have to be balanced on defense, and that enables all the other guys to make plays. And if there's one defensive coordinator... Who could be up for the tall task of containing LSU? It's Clemson's Brent Venables. Venables has been with Dabo Sweeney at Clemson since two thousand and twelve, and his defenses have uh, thrived on the biggest stages, especially multiple weeks uh, with multiple weeks to prepare. the The Tigers have given up an average of just thirteen point four points per game in each of their college football playoff semifinal appearances. And the layoff ahead of Monday night's title game makes it uh, resemble a semifinal more than a title game from a preparation standpoint with the 16-day break between games. You know that Venables will have uh, a ton of tricks up his sleeve Monday night. I mean, when you look at the defense, you think about Brent Venables and his ability to adjust against the different offenses he's seen. Uh, We've known Brent for, obviously, at least this season, respected him as one of the best defensive coordinators in all of college football. Their their, their defensive line is quick and strong, can rush the passer. His blitzes are phenomenal. And while Clemson doesn't have Four sure fire NFL draft picks on its defensive line like it did a year ago. The best weapon Venables can deploy is a six foot four 230 pound Isaiah Simmons. I mean, Clemson lists Simmons as a linebacker but he lines up all over the place he plays as a safety and coverage as he's shown when he's intercepted Justin Fields in the Fiesta Bowl he can defend the run and blitz the quarterback as a linebacker but he can also come up to the line of scrimmage and cover in the slot that's where Simmons could be most needed against the LSU Tigers, who will often put up speedy running back uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, uh, or uh, even the tight end Thaddeus Moss against overmatched linebackers. I mean, Simmons shouldn't be overmatched against either player. I mean, Venables always has them in position to make plays. The guy is a phenomenal game caller, especially his blitzes. He knows how to blitz protections and he could just send one linebacker but it's all in the right place the way he uses number 11 he's going to be all over the field he puts his athletes in premier spots to make plays and the guys play great with technique they're hardly out of position and then there's trevor lawrence of course clemson star sophomore quarterback showed off his full arsenal of talent against ohio state i mean known most for his cannon of an arm Lawrence surprisingly gashed the Buckeyes with his legs, including a highlight reel 67-yard touchdown run on a design quarterback draw. Lawrence ended up the the, the uh, leading the team in the Fiesta Bowl with a career-high 107 rushing yards on 16 attempts, and LSU's defense has struggled some against uh, running quarterbacks. It surrendered 212 yards and four touchdowns to old Miss freshman John Rise Plumlee on November 17th, but since then... LSU's defensive play has been much more improved I mean Lawrence won't surprise anybody with his ability to run time uh, time around but if LSU keys in too much on Lawrence it could potentially open things up for receivers like T Higgins and Justin Ross on the perimeter and Travis Etienne on the ground I mean people don't give him credit for his running ability so they're definitely gonna have to uh take that into consideration and just the amount of weapons That they have guys like 18 big tall receivers like T Higgins they'll go up and get the ball it's going to be a fun matchup for sure LSU's offense might be generating more hype entering this game but Clemson's unit averages only 26 fewer yards per game and Clemson is more balanced as well and might be able to gash LSU for big chunks on the ground Clemson averages a nation best 6.41 yards per carry as a team though and E18, one of the more underappreciated backs in recent memory, averages eight yards per attempt with backup Lynn J. Dixon going for six and a half yards per try. And corralling those two along with the threat of Lawrence in the run game behind a stellar offensive line, all five starters were all ACC selections. Will it be a mighty task for LSU's defense I'm sure it's going to be even if 18 was held to just 36 rushing yards on 10 carries in the fiesta I mean the tiger defense has allowed just 86 yards per game on the ground since that old miss game and during a recent college football playoff uh, teleconference Delpit said that was the week the defense turned the intensity up a notch. He said that he thought after the old Miss game, it was kind of a turnaround for them. It wasn't their best performance, and he thought that they sat down on defense and just saw what they did wrong and understood that some teams might try to make those plays and run it against them. And he thinks that he could just kind of light a fire and start playing LSU football after that. And then, of course, the college football title game will mark the return of a key part of the LSU defense, linebacker Michael Divinity. Divinity left the team back in November for what Coach O said were quote-unquote personal reasons, but now the senior is back in action. He'll be back with the team for its biggest game in recent memory, arguably the biggest game in their franchise's history. And Divinity, who has 105 tackles, 17 tackles for a loss, and 8 sacks in 29 career games, can play both inside and outside linebacker and will provide a key depth piece for the Tigers, particularly as a pass rusher in the team's dime package. I mean, Mike has been a tremendous pass rusher for them. I know they're definitely going to use him. He'll be back in a role that, I mean, I guess we'll see what fits best. He's definitely going to play for them, though, tonight. And we'll definitely see him in the best situations possible and that, that's a big part of their defense, to have him back, that's huge. He's a, a vocal leader, he's a vocal guy on and off the field, and they think that having him back is going to be a, a big key for them, and they're excited for it. And just as a prediction, I don't like making predictions because who really cares about my predictions, but just for my, my, my take on this, I don't like... Picking against Clemson I can easily see the Tigers from the ACC extending the winning streak to 30 and asserting themselves ahead of Alabama as the college football power of the decade so this is a this is a cop out of sorts I think Clemson covers the number but I wonder just how the Tigers are going to cover LSU's wide receivers for the whole game the Clemson secondary is very good and Sim, uh, Simmons is like a, a queen on a chessboard you could say he, he can do anything but I think that LSU will have just enough to get the win in the fourth quarter and move to 3-1 and one in New Orleans in title games. I think I'm going with LSU in this one – It's going to be a barn burner. I mean, Dabo Sweeney said his team beat Ohio State by playing at a B-minus level, so that makes me a little hesitant to go against Clemson, but LSU is on a special sort of run this season. The variety of weapons for Joe Burrow to work with will ultimately be too much for a Clemson defense that doesn't have quite the same level of talent it had a year ago. I mean, I really wanted to pick Clemson, but I can't do it. The tape doesn't lie, and the tape leans LSU. I think the home field advantage will be helpful, and I think LSU is going to win. I mean, my theory all year is that I would not pick against Clemson because it was like the old Alabama teams. I mean, you occasionally pick against them, and you're then you're watching in the third quarter, then it's 45-14, to 14 and you go, what the hell was I thinking? But I'm going to pick against Clemson here. Joe Burrow has convinced me. I may regret this, but LSU is going to win, and I'm, I'm going to guess they're going to win by like 10. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be like last year between Clemson and Alabama, but – LSU is going to win this one. I'm going to say they're going to win by 10. And that all goes down tonight, the college football playoff national championship game between the Clemson and LSU Tigers, New Orleans, Louisiana. Check that game out tonight. Leave your predictions in our DMs at OshoPod on Twitter and Instagram. With that being said, let's talk a little NFL. There are a lot of great games this weekend. Not if you're Ravens or Texans fans, but there are a lot of great games this weekend. A lot of exciting matchups as we preview the AFC and NFC Championship matchups. Who's going to Super Bowl 54? Let's find out. But quick, a word from Mecca Nutrition. Do you find yourself constantly working on your physique only to find no real results? Or are you officially fed up with your lack of progress in weight loss and weight gain programs? then do I have a solution for you. Mecha Nutrition, build a better you. Choose from a variety of products, including protein, carbohydrates, creatine, pre-workouts, vitamins, and more. Why choose Mecha Nutrition? Mecca Nutrition is a family-owned and operated sports nutrition store located in the heart of Bakersfield, California. Mecca's goal is to provide you the customer with the best customer service, nationally recognized products that you know are tried and true, and most of all, they have the best prices around. If you have any questions or concerns, Feel free to contact Mecca Nutrition via social media on Facebook and Instagram at Mecca Nutrition. You can email them or you can call the shop as well at 661-695-9061. Again, that's 661 695 nine zero six one i've been using mecca nutrition products for over a year and a half now and for someone with an extremely high metabolism i can tell you that these products work i gained nearly 25 pounds of muscle after using mecca's select products in the protein and carb aisle with products such as redcon one meal replacement protein and carbs as well as neil's hookups so feel free to call the shop or email mecca's general manager at neil or Neil at MechaNutritionStore.com. Rumor has it, if you mention Mecha Nutrition, you may come away with an added discount as well, but you didn't hear it from me. So go check it out if you want to transform your body and get into the best shape possible right now. Mecha Nutrition, build a better you. So I wanted to start with the Chiefs and Texans game just because it just happened. I'm recording this on a Sunday. Just happened. I mean, what the hell happened to the Houston Texans? Bill O'Brien, what the hell, man? I mean, Patrick Mahomes stalked up and down the sideline like a field marshal rallying his troops. The brilliant young quarterback implored the Kansas City Chiefs to stay together even as Houston was on the verge of tearing them apart. I mean, the Chiefs were down 24-0 bigger than any deficit that they had overcome in franchise history i mean this is absolute worst case scenario for andy Reid. uh they have to do something special at this point everybody's counting them out they have to go out there and play like they've never played before and that's exactly what they did i mean beginning with the first of his five touchdown passes patrick mahomes and the chiefs slowly chipped away at houston's seemingly insurmountable lead They continued to pick up momentum. They outscored the Texans 28-0 during the second quarter alone. Four touchdown passes from Mahomes in the second quarter. Only once has that ever been done in NFL postseason history. And eventually they reeled off 41 consecutive points before cruising the rest of the way to a 51-31 victory Sunday that propelled Kansas City back to the AFC Championship game for the second consecutive season. So in doing so, the Kansas City Chiefs became the first team in NFL history to win a playoff game by at least 20 points after trailing by at least 20 points. They matched the fourth biggest comeback in playoff history while winning a postseason game in back-to-back seasons for the first time ever. Travis Kelsey and Damian Williams scored three touchdowns apiece, joining the 49ers Jerry Rice and Ricky Walters, who did it in the Super Bowl back in, I think it was Super Bowl 29, it was... Jerry Rice and Ricky Waters in Super Bowl 29 is the only teammates to score that many times in a postseason game. So meanwhile, though, Patrick Mahomes led by example as much as by voice. He finished with 321 yards passing, becoming the first player in postseason history with at least 300 yards passing and five touchdowns while running for at least 50 more yards. I mean, you saw him up and down the bench. He was talking to everybody. I mean, that's Andy Reid just told him to settle down I mean as a head coach you can't ask for more than that and when he's the leader of your team and he's going hey we're going to be fine let's not wait for the fourth quarter let's go and that's exactly what he did now after losing to the patriots in overtime in last year's conference title game the chiefs are back on the brink of their first super bowl appearance in 50 years they're going to host the tennessee titans next sunday in a rematch from earlier this this uh, season after the Titans upset Lamar Jackson and the top-seeded Ravens on Saturday. Very, very poor performance from Lamar Jackson. Go to my bookie and do not bet on the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, they've already played them, and they know they're a tough team. They're a team that battles all the way to the end. They're a team that's really hot right now, playing really good football at the right time. So they know it's going to take their best effort, and in whatever way, they've got to find a way to win. Deshaun Jackson, meanwhile... Through for 388 yards, two touchdowns while running for another. Phenomenal performance, but not even his heroics could bail out the Texans after their calamitous second quarter, and dis- it was just a, a, a terrible third quarter. I mean, the result, the, the reborn Houston franchise is 0-4 in the divisional round and has never won a road playoff game. I mean, they definitely thought they were going to have to score more than 24, uh, but that they're obviously a very explosive team, and it just didn't work out against the, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs certainly gave Houston a chance to end their frustrating playoff streak in the first quarter. On defense, Kansas City blew coverage on Kenny uh, Kenny Stills on the opening possession, allowing him to walk in the end zone from 54 yards. On offense, they wasted timeouts. They dropped a series of easy passes and managed just 46 yards. And then on special teams, the Chiefs had a punt blocked for a score and fumbled a return that set up another touchdown. Um, I mean, indeed, the, the Texans kept humming right along after finishing on a, a 22-3 run to beat Buffalo last week, while the mountain of miscues made by the Chiefs made them only the fourth home playoff team to trail 21 nothing after the first quarter. Things turned around on a series of plays, you could say, and a call by uh, Bill O'Brien in particular that would be debated for a while after the Texans uh, stretched the lead to 24 nothing early in the second quarter the Chiefs began to nip into their deficit with a quick touchdown drive and then the comeback really gained momentum when O'Brien called for a fake punt at the Houston 31 yard line I think this was obviously the game changer Bill O'Brien calling a fake punt on fourth and three at their own 31 yard line and the Chiefs stuffed it giving them a short field and setting up another easy touchdown on two more plays Uh, They had that play ready for a variety of teams and situations, according to Justin Reed, uh, who took the snap and was stopped short of the first down. I mean, credit to the Chiefs. They made the play. And as the Chiefs continued to take off, the Texans continued to just F up. I mean, on the ensuing kickoff, Houston return man DeAndre Carter had the ball pop loose into the team's arms of Darwin Thompson, whose recovery set up a second Mahomes to Kelsey touchdown in a matter of two minutes and their third came after the Chiefs forced a punt, a successful one for a change, and they drove 90 yards to take a stunning 28-24 halftime lead. I, I mean, it was an amazing thing. Everyone was working. The play calls were open. Everybody was getting open against man coverage, which they've been preaching all season long, the Chiefs have, and guys were making plays. The comeback became a clobbering by the time the, the third quarter ended. I mean, the Chiefs breezed downfield to start the second half, and Williams finished the drive with his first touchdown run. Their overhaul defense under coordinator Steve Spagnuolo sacked Watson on fourth down to get the ball right back, and Patrick Mahomes and company required just six more plays to position Williams for another touchdown run and a 41-24 lead. And the, the 41 consecutive points spanning most of the second and third quarters were the most since the New York Jets had the same against the Indianapolis Colts in the 2002 wildcard round even when the the Texans finally cracked the scoreboard when Deshaun Watson scrambled to his left uh, and dived over the pylon the Chiefs rendered the touchdown moot because in four plays when they went 72 yards to set up the fifth touchdown pass by Mahomes the strike to little use tight end Blake Bell giving coach Andy Reid's team a, a postseason record seven straight touchdown drives it, it also gave the crowd, who was phenomenal, again, Arrowhead Stadium, very tough place to play, give credit to the Texans for going up 24 nothing in the first place. They gave the crowd that turned out uh early and freezing weather and a slight drizzle a chance to celebrate early they they've got full confidence not only in the players but the game plan going into it that just got to deal with what's going on in the game what's real and what's not and what was real when they were hurting themselves early on and with that you just rally the troops lean on the the leaders of the team and make plays that's what they did um, Houston played without, uh, Jaheel a day with a hamstring injury and tight end Jordan Atkins in this game was also out with a hamstring. They also lost right tackle Chris Clark to a knee injury early in the game and backup Roderick Johnson struggled against the chiefs pass rush. Uh, the rest of the game, Kansas city sat defensive tackle, Chris Jones, who strained his calf muscle late in the week and couldn't make it through pregame warmups. And then of course, Tyreek Hill left briefly after a hard hit, but eventually returned to the game. Uh, The Texans are going to spend the offseason wondering how they let a 24-0 lead slip away. And the Chiefs will begin preparing for the Tennessee Titans in the AFC title game next week. But Kansas City lost 35-32 at Tennessee against the Titans in Week 10 when Derrick Henry ran for 188 yards and two touchdowns against them. It was the Chiefs' most recent loss. So let's talk about the Tennessee Titans who beat up on a very good, arguably the best team in the league in the Baltimore Ravens, 28-12 in Baltimore on Saturday night. I mean, Lamar Jackson was the NFL's most dominating player during the 2019 season, which is why he's the the probable favorite to win the league's most valuable player award. But as the postseason approached, Jackson's attention quickly turned to trying to deliver similarly stellar results in the playoffs, especially since he had played poorly in his playoff debut last year in an upset home loss to the Los Angeles Chargers. Jackson, uh, well, unfortunately, he's going to have to wait until next season to get a chance to win his first playoff game because in an erotic, often nightmarish performance, Lamar Jackson threw two interceptions. Uh, He fumbled once as the Titans upset the heavily favored Ravens who advance to the AFC Championship game in Kansas City, and the Ravens, who compiled a 14 and two regular season record, were the top seed in the AFC. The Titans, who have won nine of their last 12 games, including in the postseason, are the lowest seed in the AFC. Number six seed, they beat the Patriots last week. Now they're beating the Ravens. Six seed beating the three and the one seed to face the two seed on the road. We've seen this in past years. I mean, it's not it's not rocket science. I mean, it was the second consecutive road victory for Tennessee which, again, shocked the defending Super Bowl champion New England Patriots a week ago in Foxborough. It's the first time the Titans have won two playoff games in the same season since the 99-2000 team when Tennessee lost in the Super Bowl to the St. Louis Rams. It was the case against uh, New England. The Titans relied on running back Derrick Henry, who rushed for 195 yards on 30 carries. And then Ryan Tannehill, the team's quarterback, who started the season as a backup, threw for two touchdowns and ran for another. So for the Ravens, Saturday night's defeat was not only a second successful playoff defeat, but the third in their last four postseason games going back to the 2012 season when they defeated the 49ers in the Super Bowl. And Jackson, because of a largely meaningless fourth-quarter rally managed to compile more than 400 yards of offense on Saturday, but almost from the start of the game, he seemed to be out of sync and repeatedly made mistakes in key moments. And Baltimore just continued to fail on fourth downs, and that, that, that's going to do it. I mean, Lamar Jackson led the Ravens 64 yards down the field, but their drive sputtered to a halt on uh, the Tennessee 16, and needing a touchdown to stay in the game, Jackson threw an incomplete pass on fourth and five, and the Titans took the ball uh, on downs. So, bearing an enormous collapse, Tennessee is headed to the AFC championship game at that point. And Baltimore scored its first touchdown, but they were still down 28 to 12 in the game. Baltimore scored its first touchdown with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. It was a 15 yard pass from Lamar Jackson to Hayden Hurst, the tight end. And after the touchdown, Baltimore went for two, but failed. So, the Ravens still down three scores 28 to 12. They looked better during that drive, marching 88 yards down the field on 10 plays. The highlight was the ridiculous 27-yard run by Lamar Jackson, who made multiple Titans defenders look really silly. I mean, really foolish. But Tennessee didn't give up any other big plays and forced Baltimore to burn nearly four minutes from the clock to score. And Tennessee takes back over on offense, and surely you're going to see a steady diet of runs by Derrick Henry. And another drive-killing turnover for the Ravens. This time it was an interception by, I think it was the safety, Kenny Vassaro. Lamar Jackson had now thrown two interceptions and one loss fumble and he twice failed to convert on fourth and short. I mean, this isn't quite the same as last year when Lamar Jackson played poorly in the playoffs and the Ravens lost to the Chargers, but it's pretty damn close. Absolutely nothing is going right for the Baltimore offense. Nothing went right last night. The fourth quarter, it started with Tennessee on offense near midfield with a 22-point lead. And, I mean, holy cow, the Titans scored on a jump pass from Derrick Henry. Yes, you read that right. DeCorey Davis. Uh, the, the play was a direct snap to Henry while backup quarterback Marcus Mariota was on the field. Could anybody see that coming? I mean, Tennessee led 21-6 to six after that, and Lamar Jackson is captured by CBS's cameras swearing on the sideline. I mean, that drive was all Derrick Henry. I mean, before throwing the touchdown, he picked up 78 yards rushing, including 66 yards on one lung-busting run. And being held in check in the first half, Henry now had... 134 rushing yards at that point, and Baltimore's offensive players were dropping like flies. If Lamar Jackson is to lead a comeback for the Ravens in that game, he may have had to do it himself. Baltimore's leading rusher, Mark Ingram, was on the sideline icing his left calf and working it out with a massager. He he injured it uh, last month, but he couldn't finish out the game. And then tight end Mark Andrews, who's the team's leading receiver, played very little, with just two catches for 28 yards, and is presumably. Uh, hobbled by his ankle so he was listed as questionable on the injury report this week and then finally tight end Nick Boyle seemed to injure his left ankle early during the second half and he didn't return in the in the uh, the the rest of the game just an overall lackluster performance by the Ravens I mean that that jump throw from Henry for the touchdown pass is probably the thing that's going to stand out in this game then of course bill Cower learned during the pregame show that he made the hall of fame which i thought was pretty cool it was minutes before the start of the game uh the cbs studio analyst bill Cower, who won the super bowl in 15 seasons coaching the the pittsburgh steelers he learned that he was selected to the pro football hall of fame in canton ohio this upcoming summer so Cower was selected by a panel for a 15 member special class to be enshrined as part of the league celebration of its 100th anniversary so congrats to bill cower former head coach of the pittsburgh steelers super bowl champ in one of his 15 seasons coaching pittsburgh congrats to bill cower congrats to the tennessee titans and uh no congratulations in order for the buff for the, the the baltimore ravens I almost said buffalo bills you could join them on the couch because you're going home Uh, ladies and gentlemen of baltimore maryland so with that being said let's get into some of the nfc matchups of course the 49ers taking care of business at home against the minnesota vikings they'll host um the nfc championship game in san francisco in the bay area and it was led by a dominant defense on saturday because by the time richard sherman's eyes gazed into the backfield on saturday early in the third quarter of the nfc divisional round matchup the Vikings' offense had gone stagnant. It seemed to be existent. Uh, the, The Vikings were on their way to an outing that saw them struggle to eclipse more than 100 yards of total offense. I mean, quarterback Kirk Cousins rarely had time to find open receivers downfield. Running back Dalvin Cook, on whose shoulders Minnesota's offense game plan rested, was a non-factor. Cousins had early in San Francisco's 27-10 win on Saturday, found wide receiver Stephon Diggs for a deep touchdown strike that gave Uh, The impression that the Minnesota Vikings could find success against the 49ers defense like they had against New Orleans a week ago, but Diggs only had one more catch all afternoon. So there was Sherman lurking at the, the first down sticks in the third quarter when Cousins was looking for Adam Thielen on a comeback route. Sherman beat Thielen to Cousins' throw and picked it off. The the 49ers gutted the Minnesota defense with eight straight rushing plays to go 44 yards and then punch another score, uh, providing the Niners a cushion that would lead to a comfortable three-score victory. And if there were any questions about the San Francisco defense headed into the playoffs, consider them answered now. The 49ers allowed 11 points per game through the first seven games of the season. Then as injuries piled up, allowed nearly 26 per game in the final nine games. But a well-rested, well-rehearsed group under defensive coordinator Robert Seeley was more than equal to the task against the Vikings who were eighth in the league in scoring during their regular season. The the 49ers held cook who averaged 81.8 yards per game in the regular season to just 18 yards total on Saturday cousins finished with 172 passing yards. One touchdown, one interception on a 21, I think it was 21 of 29 passing. 16 of those completions came within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage and seven of them came from behind it. So the Niners sacked Cousins six times benefiting from the return to health of edge rusher D. Ford, as well as the continued excellence of Nick Boza, uh, the presumptive defensive rookie of the year. And San Francisco, of course, going to host the NFC Championship game at Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, California to play in their first nfc championship game since 2013 the right way to play in super bowl 54 so either would be a rematch of a regular season meeting coach kyle shanahan's group split its season series with the seahawks losing uh at home in overtime in week 10 but winning on the road in week 17 uh they also dominated the packers in week 12 37 to 8 in a game in which green bay quarterback Aaron Rodgers was sacked five times and only threw for 104 yards. But I guarantee you we're going to see a different Aaron Rodgers next week. The Packers just defeating the Seattle Seahawks at home 28-23 to advance to the NFC Championship game. And the Packers needed just two first downs from their offense to put Sunday's game against the Seahawks on ice late in the fourth quarter. And they turned to Aaron Rodgers to do it, to get both of them. I mean, Rodgers dropped a perfect throw into Devontae Adams' hands for a 32-yard gain on a third down to pick up the first one. And then he hooked up with tight end Jimmy Graham for another third down conversion that stood up after a view of the spot of the ball that allowed the Packers to run out the clock on a 28-23 win that sends them to Santa Clara to face the 49ers next week for the right to play in Super Bowl 54. Uh, Aaron Rodgers ended the day uh, 16 of 27 for 243 yards and two touchdown passes. Uh, Both scoring passes were to Devontae Adams who scorched the Seahawks secondary all day long. He finished the night with eight catches for 160 yards and then Aaron Jones also ran for a pair of touchdowns as the Packers built a 28-10 lead in the third quarter of the game and Russell Wilson would engineer a pair of touchdown drives to get Seattle back into the game and the defense forced a punt to get him the ball back but their possession ended with a punt after Wilson was sacked by Preston Smith on third down so it was Smith's second sack of the day and then Zadarius Smith also posted two sacks as the Packers got big names from their two of their biggest offseason acquisitions you could say i mean their biggest acquisition might have been head coach Matt LaFleur who is now 14 and 3 in his first year in the job to set uh, to set a coach record against his former boss Kyle Shanahan in the NFC championship game so it's Packers 49ers It's going to be Chiefs-Titans. I mean, Chiefs at home proving today that it's going to be very tough to beat them. The Titans ran into two very sluggish offenses in Tom Brady and Lamar Jackson. Not to say they didn't play great. They played very great, but they got lucky because both those teams were very lackluster on offense. I, I don't expect to see the same from Patrick Mahomes at home. I'm probably going to go the Chiefs in the Super Bowl over the Titans, even though they're having a magical run here. And then when it comes to the Packers and the 49ers, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be very, very close Jimmy G has home field advantage, but I really can't pick a, a winner in that game. I think it's going to be the Chiefs out of the AFC. It's going to be interesting to see next Sunday night who's going to take home the NFC crown between the Packers and the 49ers. Again, Super Bowl 54 lurking in the shadows. Miami, Florida. Jennifer Lopez is going to be there. Shakira is going to be there. Guns N' Roses is going to be there for Super Bowl Fest. It's going to be an awesome weekend. And with that being said, it is time for our Tick Pick giveaway of the the day ladies and gentlemen that's right if you enter so this is how this is going to work if you enter for a chance to win here you're going to get 50 percent off tickets super bowl tickets in miami florida if you do choose to go if you use tickpick.com so all you have to do is predict the super bowl 54 matchup whether it's chiefs packers chiefs 49ers titans packers or titans 49ers does not matter you got a few other options you got four or five options there i'm not really good at math was it four options you got four options here for super bowl 54 all you got to do is dm us on either instagram or twitter at osho pod that's o-s-h-o-w-p-o-d Osho pod, at Osho pod on Twitter and Instagram, your prediction for a chance to win a 50% off, half-off discount on your Super Bowl tickets for Super Bowl 54 in Miami, Florida. So do that right now. Get on it. This was episode 140 of the Osho presented by Belly Up Sports. Be bold, stand out. We are what they are. And make sure to check us out on the Twitter at BellyUpSports as well as at BellyUpSports.com. And again, that... That offer only goes for Super Bowl 54, but for any other regular ticket purchases, use the promo code OSHO10, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-10, for $10 off your next order using TickPick.com. You should have used TickPick, you bastard. And if you're into banging weights, eating steaks, and sleeping eights, use the promo code OSHO20, that's capital O-S-H-O-W-20, for $20 off your next order using MechaNutritionStore.com. Hit it, duty.